Hello, hi, welcome back to another episode of the Anhedonic Headphones podcast. My name is Kevin Krein. Thanks for being here. I appreciate it. This is season nine, episode four, or it is episode 52. Overall, I will be saving all of the fine print for the end of the show. Let's get right to the introduction of my guest. I often use the expression friend of the brand to describe people who have come on to the show, and today's guest is exactly that. She's a friend of the brand. Maybe you were aware, but since January, I have been co-hosting a pop culture podcast with my friend Alyssa Savino, and last summer and last fall, when we were developing the idea of the show, I had also asked Alyssa to be a guest on this podcast, and between that conversation as well as what she and I are doing with our bi-weekly podcast, A Reasonable Day, a longtime friend of hers had expressed interest in wanting to talk with me uh, and in this podcast and talk about the music that had shaped her life. So I reached out to her and here we are. So please, as you are able, give a nice warm welcome to my guest today, Lauren Newman. Before we get into the songs, anything else, would you like to just take a quick moment to introduce yourself and then we can talk about the list and and get into it from there? Yes. So um, my name is Lauren. I live in Chaska, good old, people used to call it Trashka. It's not Trashka anymore. It's wonderful. But, um, (laughs) oh, that's wow. So I have lived here now for like five years. Um, And then before that, like I'm from Minnesota, but I've moved all over the place, which we'll kind of get into. Um, But yeah. It's, I have a wonderful husband named Ross, who I will also talk about, I'm sure. Um, and I have a six month old child named Brooks and he is great. So, and then I also have a dog who I love and I know you will love your dog as well. Yeah. Posey boy. He's a good little doodle bug. He's upstairs right now snuggling with my spouse. Um, Wonderful. For the folks at home, you go back very far with my Pallington, Alyssa, who was a guest on this show in a previous season. And she is the co-host of the other pod that I'm doing at Reasonable Day. And she, when we like shortly after we launched that, she was like, my friend Lauren really wants to talk to you about music and come on the pod I do. And I was like I was like yes it, I can't okay. wait like we have been just going through her friends and like having them be guests on pods because I have friends who are so shy and introverted and would never come near a microphone and she's oh, like oh all these she's like all these people I know really want to do stuff with us and I'm like oh that's great I'm so happy I'm so happy about that so I can't thank you enough for pulling up into yeah. a recording window with us like a total stranger and coming up with a list of songs I want so with the 10 songs you picked what kind of criteria did you use like we're starting in 2001 yes with we us, are the song is from 2001 but are we starting like in 2001 with you with this one i would say so i mean okay. i existed before that obviously but <laughs> i just feel like this was like when my personality at least started more oh like, okay i was like was this i was like this is this the first cd you bought with your own money is this, this like... is, yep exactly okay. uh, is well, it really no 
Okay. Yep. So okay. no doubts, Rock City. I bought it at the same time as the Eminem show. So I guess that was technically like oh. a year later after it came out. But um, if I don't know if this counts, do you remember those little like penny mailers or whatever where you could pick like ten CDs yes. for like a dollar? Yes. So I did get some like random stuff from that when I was like eight, <laughs> but I don't feel like that counts. Yeah. Um, I love to reminisce about the record clubs, like when yeah. you would when you would sign up for that and then you accidentally were like you had to buy more but you didn't want to and like columbia house somewhere is still like you're still supposed to buy like you like, still, still owe us money to, yeah <laughs> and i'm yeah, like I'm a, a i was like i'm like i was like i'm a kid i'm not no thank you <laughs> I know. So that was my mom's problem to deal okay. with. But at the time I just ordered, I was like, oh, I've heard of this album. I'll just put this sticker on there too. The um, stickers were so enticing. I would get that mailer and I'd be like, oh my gosh, look at all of these. Oh boy, yeah. here we go. Yeah. And I kind of still wish they did that because I would still get, even though the only CD player I have is in my car, like I would still probably get them. You'd be like, I got twelve for a penny each. Yeah, and yeah. We, it was we a great have to deal. Buy, we only have to buy a couple a month for the rest of time. No, it's no, no worries. <laughs> I know. Um, no, but I bought this album, and I remember like going to Walmart because that's where we got CDs at the time, and yeah, I picked yeah. this one out because I thought they were so cool. I mean, they are cool, but um, and then they had to call my mom up for the Eminem show because it had the no little parental advisory sticker and so she had to like approve me buying it because i was too young um and i just <laughs> i'm like how so like would you have been like 13 12 or 13 i was 12 time? yeah okay so yeah. i'm like honestly if this employee wanted to be cool i could have just let me get this but it's we can do the whole rigmarole i guess did your mom did your mom sign off on that or was she like absolutely not Oh, no, she was totally cool with it. I think okay. in retrospect, um, if she had like listened to more of Eminem's lyrics, she probably would have not been super excited. <laughs> but no doubt she was definitely OK. With it. <laughs> yeah. I am. I am actually like personally like I don't I never like try to roast anybody for what they want to talk about on the show because it's not my show. It's like I am just like the person who facilitates the discussion. Yeah. Uh, but I'm very glad that you did not pick something by Eminem and that you chose the no doubts because I would have I would have been like, this is not like, I was like this is not aged well. I'm so sorry. No, no, it has not. <laughs> um, And I even like recently while I was like putting this together, I was like, should I include that one? And I went through a few songs and I was like, a lot of these lyrics are not great. 
I was in like band drumming at this time. Um, oh. Yeah. And then this, I just remember thinking that like No Doubt and what was his name? Like Adrian or something like that. Um, I was like, oh, like this guy's like, this can be cool. Like we don't have to play like with hot cross buns in band. This can actually be something. <laughs> so. And, do you still, I mean, do you still, do you, do you still drum? Can you still drum? Um, do you choose to I, drum if you want to? So no, I played okay. piano since I was like little, little. And then I oh, drummed okay. for like five years and that was, okay. that was that. But um, yeah, I just remember like, oh, this can be something cool. And at that time in my life, I needed all the help I could get. So that was a big, <laughs> big moment for me. Um. <laughs> I mean, so with no doubt when this hella good, it was like, I mean, I remember, so I was in college when this album came out and I, uh, the girl that I was romantically involved with at the time was a big, no doubt fan, but she hated this album because it was so different from tragic kingdom. And it was like, valid. Yeah. And so I was just kind of like, whatever, like, I mean, these beats are kind of dope, but like, I, I see your point. But so as, as somebody who like you purchased this on your own, were mm-hmm. you kind of aghast at their drastic shift in sound from like not even a decade before that and kind of like the synth heavy and I mean, I don't so, even know what you would call um, the other single off of this. Hey, baby, what you would call that kind of. Yeah, I don't know. Rhythm. It's like borderline <laughs> reggaeton almost. And yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, just, it's just like a, such a just departure. Truthfully, you were like, this is way I didn't than really Kingdom. know them. I didn't oh, okay. know them before this album. And then I like retroactively went back and like i loved all of that stuff too i arguably like i would agree with her that tragic kingdom is better um but i also like i went through this brief phase in high school where i like when a band totally changes their tune no pun intended mm-hmm. um <laughs> <laughs> that i just like oh like oh you can't like it because it's, it's changed and like they sold sure. out or whatever and then like i got to this point where i was like no, like they have to keep making like some changes. Otherwise people will lose interest. So if they change, yeah. cool. If they don't, cool. Like as long as I like it, 
it's whatever. So I reject um, her notion. <laughs> do you still see? That's what I thought. Um, this at least hella good was co-written by uh pharrell williams and chad hugo so like really that does ex- that does really explain the sound because it's like a yes. very early kind of like neptune's production in it um because they that like, makes really so blew, much sense they really blew up the next year with like the all the rap singles that were like crossing over into the pop charts yeah um, that was like a new era yeah, it really was. Like the Nellies hot in here's and I'm oh trying to think some other tunes yep. that they had. Like anything that has like airy synthesizers and kind of like clattering percussion is I'm sure that Pharrell is somewhere behind that. At the um, top of the TRL charts at that time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, TRL. I miss I miss the days of TRL and I do too. Carson Daly, and- who is now like the shell of a his former self i know he's like a sad anchorman now <laughs> not really sad is. i'm sure he's enjoying himself but uh yeah, i don't know <laughs> maybe <laughs> i mean he's probably like he's like if the check's clear okay yep um but so with no like do you still like I, and this is the thing that i always ask people when they do a list and it's like going back in time to like a first album or like early bands that they really liked do you still put this on? Like, is this an album that you've taken with you through your life? Is this something that um, you only go back to occasionally? Or is this just kind of like a total, like, deep-seated I, in this memory? Truly, I feel like I left it mostly where it's at. Like, when it comes <laughs> okay. on, I would say, like, once every five years, I'll put it on. But I don't feel like that is enough to classify it as, like, having come with me. Let's hop into the next one. I've got oh so much for the next one. This is, I'm so, I saw this on here and I kind of like, I gasped a little bit because I, I do think about this album a lot and I remembered, I remembered buying this album. So this album is going to be 20 years old in March and I remember going to Target and buying it when it came out because uh, In This Diary was a big single and I saw the video for it a bunch and I was like, yes, I'm... And this was me, like, second year of college, big emo energy. I oh, was, yes. like, so fucking pumped about this. And I remembered seeing, like, 
the Ataris, I remember their name from like their earlier albums, seeing it like advertised various places or like uh, yes, emo, the one with the water emo tower. punk. Yeah, like emo punk adjacent kind of like I'm aware of this band, but this was kind of like the first time I heard them. And so I saw this song on here and I was like, Oh yeah, this is taking me way, way back. And I, I was listening so to this today to after I yeah. after I was done shoveling the snow, I was like Let's check this one out just for funsies. And I was like, oh, yeah, this still goes real hard. So, So Long Astoria, the title track, the opening track from the Atari's yes. major label debut, 2003. Where, like, yes. how, what is your connection with this one? Like, where are we with this one? Okay, so it's so funny because in my mind, this album was, like, listening to on my Walkman with, like, my metally like, cheap headphones oh yeah like kobe the kobe headphones like with the yellow foam things yeah yeah. exactly where like the foam always kind of came off and then it was really uncomfortable yeah so this album for me is i thought when i was moving to florida but in retrospect this album came out after that point so it was clearly 2000 or it was clearly when i moved back from florida which was you know so when did when did you when did you live in florida like where so um, what, what the is, first what is time the, the scoopy here? the first oh okay the first time so i have moved a lot um okay the first time i moved in 2002 um because my parents had divorced as things happen Par- um, as parents often do as parents do and then you're speaking you're speaking to, to somebody you're speaking to somebody who has lived through uh three divorces so i'm like yeah, okay parents. so you're yeah yeah you know you yeah. know the drill i know um, the vibes yeah i know the vibes yeah and my mom not the most stable parental guardian but that's okay um that's another fodder for another podcast i'm sure i was but... like is that like that that's probably another podcast i mean but we yeah. I mean, if you want to get into that like i was like if you want to talk about if you want to unpack uh childhood trauma and family stuff then maybe the, i don't know let's get into like my therapist my therapist would be like say more we'll save that for another time but um <laughs> so my mom was like hey surprise we're moving to florida to be by my other family um and so semi-short notice but i just apparently was listening to this album when I eventually moved back to be with my dad in 2005. So three years later. Um, But I just remember like listening to this album and just like the absolute euphoria it would give me, especially um, I think the only real real single off of this album was Boys of Summer, which is obviously a cover. cover. Yeah. Yeah. I so I was I mean in this diary was a single that was the single that was like released before the album came out oh, yeah. but the boys the boys of summer was the one that like charted and I think yeah. like pushed this to be as successful as it was um yeah but I mean what I remember is like the first half of this album is like I really liked it a just lot. money um, yeah 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 um yeah. and honestly like there's like some songs later like I remember um i forget which track i know it's like number nine but he's talking about like um we sold our soul for like empty cups in the driver's window or something like that i don't know the lyrics are just so good um but so long a story i just remember being like 
this song is about me too because I'm moving right now. My first concert was called Buzz Bake Sale from like Buzz 103 when I lived in Florida. And I went with a boy who was a friend. And that was a big deal because like that was the first time I had hung out with a boy and I also had a crush on him. It was my first concert. And my mom, it was called Buzz Bake Sale because everyone would get really high there, except <laughs> for yours truly. Um, but my mom, I just remember her being like, do you want me to bake you cookies to take with you? And I was like, no. I you're, don't. Like it's not, you're like, it's not that kind of bake sale. Nope, it surely is not. But I also didn't want to tell her that. I was like, oh, I'm fine. Um, so was where, did they play at the Buzz Bake Sale? They played there. And I just remember, like, I had to leave because that's, like, when um, my friend's dad was picking us up. So it was, like, time to go. And I remember looking back and seeing um, – his like shaggy blonde hair performing, like singing into the microphone on the big giant screen that they have. And that was like my parting view and just being like, oh, I'm so in love with this album. It's so good. Um, and that's how I remembered him with like the kid with, like, the shaggy blonde hair and like very early 2000s, like emo punk. Yeah. Um, and then I was very excited when I saw, when I was in college, I played at the triple rock, I think. Oh, um, R.I.P. to the Triple Rock. No, I I was not there. The Triple Rock, I just think Triple Rock was, uh, I think I saw one thing there, but it was like an incredible experience for me. And it was like so close to the stage. Like an intimate venue. Yeah. 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 And so during the opener or like between openers for them, um, I went up to the merch table and I'm like talking to this guy for legit like 20 minutes and just really having like a good natural flowing conversation. Yeah. And so after a while ago, I was like, oh, so like, do you work with Triple Rock? Do you travel with the band? Like, what's, what's your deal? Uh-huh. And it was um, just like this heavier set, balded guy. I'm not just giving descriptions. I'm not trying to shave anybody, but that's what he looked like. And he just goes, no, I'm with the band. I was like, oh, what's your name? He's like, Chris. And I went from like... Well, first of all, like very embarrassed that I didn't recognize the lead singer yeah. of the band that I was about to see again. To see, yeah. And then I also went from like normal person having a conversation with this man for like the past like 20 plus minutes to absolutely starstruck and like could not get another sentence out. <laughs> and it was it was very embarrassing. Um, St- um yeah. When, what, what year was that when you went to see them mm. at the Triple Rock? I'm going to say... 2010 2011 somewhere okay. in there okay yeah okay. um because um, i was doing a quick per- i was what did you say it was not great yeah it was very embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> um i 
I was doing it like a little perusal of their Wikipedia page earlier tonight, and I was like, I mean, they're still kind of active, but it's like definitely Chris Rowe is the only person who has remained in the lineup. Yes. And yeah. it's usually just um, like him and three other people. Yeah, I did see them ultimately one more time. I want to say it was at Fine Line, and this would have been like 2017 maybe? Um, and it was not... It was not good. It was like one of those things where I was like, I still love these guys, but I can't come see them again. Yeah. So yeah, has like, I mean, like how how has how has time has time not been kind to like their live like him? I, I'm, I'm guessing <sighs> no. especially, but like also just like the kind of live energy that's needed for this music. Yeah, it was one of those things where it just seemed like there was absolutely no cohesiveness. Like they like basically the other people performing with him are just doing it for a paycheck. Like there's no love there. There's no like no love for the music and also no love between one another. So I was like, I'm just going to take this little album for what it is. (laughs) Um, And it's still like, that is when that song comes on and I like blast it in my car. That is my, that's like, it means summer is here. Like that is what that means for me. So I like windows down just enjoying it it's it's very monumental for me every year i i feel like are they still i want to say that they are a part were a part of like an like emo punk festival that is happening or has happened but it's like with the love of nostalgia and like anniversaries of things and artists performing albums front to back on a tour i feel like they could um I feel like they it would behoove them to celebrate the 20th anniversary of this in some way, but I don't know if that yeah. is possible or not. So I just looked, are you talking about the When We Were Young tour? Yes. Yes. So I just looked, you're right. Um, they are on that. Um, and I failed in getting tickets for that, but that's okay because I would have spent way too much money. But um, that's, yeah, that, that's I think like they need in, to capitalize Is that in it. like... California or like Las Vegas or something usually? It's in Vegas, which means I would have also had to like pay for a plane ticket and a hotel and like all these things, which I'm probably, I'm sure I would have very much enjoyed, but also probably not the most responsible decision. But So Blink-182, when this Blink-182, self-titled yeah. album came out, um, like you were saying with No Doubt, like it was a very big departure from their previous albums. Yes. Like huge. But I remember Huge, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this album was like the first album that I ever... So I was in ninth grade, um, and this album was like the first thing that ever, I felt like, defined me as a person, kind of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
like it was like this album like was me like my AIM screen name was like blink babe with like some numbers after it very embarrassing (laughs) to think back on now but how many like so sometimes I miss AOL instant messenger mostly because it's like the the idea of the away message and like leaving up as your away like I think about that a lot, actually. Um, and I guess Twitter is like the modern day equivalent of that, but it just it doesn't hit the it's same. Just not the it's just same. leaving the leaving that up and so people can see like what clever away message you've left. And yeah, I do and not know. And if it's like subtext towards someone. Yes, if it's like a cry for help or some kind of wink to yeah. somebody. Yeah. <laughs> or just like when somebody would sign on and you'd like quit put it put it on so that they would see it and it was like your little <laughs> message to your crush or whatever. Was, we were all very embarrassing in the early days of the internet. I mean some of us are still embarrassing now. Let's keep it that's, funky. Yeah, like, that's yeah. true. So this Blink um, album, I mean did you so were you a big fan of Blink one eighty two prior oh my to gosh. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Um yes. So <laughs> I just remember um, one of my best friends to this day, she was the one who introduced me to like this whole wider genre of music, like these guys and uh, like Fall Out Boy and Less Than Jake and all like the pop punk, like sure. Scott, like oh, all that Less than general. Jake. God, I love. Oh yeah, loved that band. Yes, and like that's so this album, the Blink album, and then Less Than Jake's Anthem album are still two that I like listen to constantly um but the Splink 2 album so I just remember the boy that I was dating at the time who he I wish him well I have no idea what he's doing with his life these days but he <laughs> listened to the same music as me and that was a really big deal um yeah and he yeah that would, is he would write me songs which I thought was very romantic and then I realized like even like years after we had broken up, like I'd hear a new song and I'd be like, wait a second, I recognize these lyrics. And I would realize that he had plagiarized all these song lyrics and be like, oh, I wrote no. you this song. And then I would discover oh. it later. I mean, oh, like now boy. it's funny because it was like way after the fact, but I was just like, what a goober. Of the of the blink of this album, this blink album, yes. which I I remember this being very polarizing when it came out because it was such a departure yeah. for them, and it, this did kind of mark the end of the band. 
at this time, yep. I think shortly after this, of the songs on They're this one. They're indefinite hiatus. Yeah, you picked Feeling This, which was the f- this was the first single off of this one, right? I think if I remember, if I'm remembering the yes. TRL days correctly. How did you, how oh, are we landing on this one as the, as the, um, as the one you picked for the, the, the one. list here? Yeah. yeah. So if I'm being honest, the Here's Your Letter, which was the stock to the last track, um, that was like my favorite song, but I picked this one because um, I just wanted to share my little fun fact that you may or may not already know. So when they wrote this song, Mark and Tom went into separate rooms and they're like, you're going to write the chorus and you're going to write the verse. Um, we're not going to discuss what one another is writing about. We're just going to each go in and write some lyrics and we'll come out and we'll just put the song together. And they both wrote about sex. Um, and But one of them wrote about like, I, I don't remember who wrote about what, but one wrote about like, just like hooking up and the other one wrote about like love. And so I think that's like now when I listen to the song, I just think it's funny because you can hear it. Like it, you would never know listening to it because it just all goes together so well. Yeah, but that is really thinking, impressive. Like, yeah. So these two like goofy guys just were on the same page more than we thought they were. And then I guess later on they weren't because they went on their little hiatus so are you going to their reunion concerts did you i like am did, oh congratulations on getting tickets i know that that was like a fiasco to try to get into that one it was and i like was like panic refreshing um because i was very <laughs> excited about it i still love like all of their albums except for neighborhoods is crap that's is that right. the one where they did not have Tom DeLong in the band? Um, no, that was the last one before he departed. And then they had Matt okay. Skiba from Alkaline Trio. And yeah. I actually really, really liked his addition. Like, I thought okay. it was just as good as Tom. Um, I know it's a hot take. <laughs> hot unless take, you don't listen take. to them. and In which case, people are like, I don't know what you're talking about and I don't care. But... Um, yeah, I really liked Metskiba, and I was kind of okay. a little bit sad when Tom came back because I was like, you are a little volatile, is my understanding. So I just want this he to be cohesive. Just, he's just really into UFOs. I met him very yeah. briefly once. He's very tall. He's much taller than is I he? thought he'd be. Yes, he's he's taller than me, and I'm 6'2". He was towering oh. over me. Yeah. I would. I. I didn't know you were six two, and I honestly would have guessed that Tom was like five six. So no, he was. He was much. He was, it was very imposing. Actually, I was just like, "Damn, dog, huh. you are so tall." Um, he was campaigning for. Uh, I'm showing my age here. Campaigning f- for John Kerry, and okay, that's I not was... showing your age that bad. That's <laughs> what 2004. 2000, yeah, early 2004, when I was in college and John Kerry was trying to, like, get the nomination and, like, was the, like, he was on the campaign trail very early before the election. He spoke at my college and um, he had a cavalcade of celebrities with him to talk him up and Tom DeLong was one of them and Scott Wolf from Party of Five was the other one. I think, Scott you know, I know it shouldn't very, matter. But it Scott does. Wolf is very short, by the way. Like much, it was like very odd to see them together. 
I haven't met very many famous people, except I guess when I do, I just freeze up in front of them and can't have a conversation. It's tough. And I will, I will mention, I will say that like the thing with Chris Rowe, like, so it's very tough. And even when I do the podcast and I have like musicians that I admire or like, um, I do get starstruck, even though it's just like a did like a virtual conversation with somebody. But when I have talked to performers or whatever, like after a show or before a show, it is very tough not to get into like a, like a fawning over them kind of thing. And that's like, they just want to have a regular conversation. So I usually just try to keep it real short and I'm like, enjoyed your set or, Hey, it was nice to see you or whatever. Um, or if like, thanks for talking yeah, to me. Same. Uh, Don't let go of that lollipop. <laughs> what is what is happening here? How do you find out about things like this? Like, what part of your so, life are we in right now? We are in college, and I feel okay. like the whole that makes sense. Actually, of this is very clear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they not only had this song, but there was an entire Weezer album, um, and it was that. Fantastic. And you know what? That's. Uh, and so do you know, like, what is the story with this? Like, is it like one person who's putting this together? Or like, do you know anything about it? Or was it just kind of like a, an internet thing of the era? Um, I think it was an internet thing of the era because they made a song together, Can't Stop Partying, but that, that they actually recorded together. But everything Oh, right. Else, I forgot about that. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah. Which was also a banger. That was my backup. Um, but <laughs> no, they like somebody on the internet just it was on like soundcloud or something like that and at oh, one point yeah, yeah i had like downloaded it and put it on a cd and i would listen to it all the time um but i'm a big big mashup scale as we all were in 2012 ish um and that so was every like mashup era i think like the era of girl it talk so it was good. very yeah
This album in particular reminds me of my friend Matt because he's like one of those that we like just like share music all the time. And he, I'm just going to share a story about him because he was one of those people who just like did things for the story a lot, I feel like. Um, Like one time he showed up to a party and had converted the bed of his pickup truck into a ball pit. Like he had bought a bunch of these like little plastic balls and just like (laughs) filled the pit of his truck with it. Ended up having a pet duck for several years. The duckling imprinted on him. He brought it home. Um, He named it Conan. And the duck would dance to this album. Like he would start like bopping around. Jesus Christ, that's a pretty face. And you'd find out someone that could save If they don't put me away Well, it'll be a miracle Do you believe you're missing out? But everything good is happening somewhere else But with nobody in your bed The night's hard to get through And I will die Yeah, so with this band, and I mean, they have like a big mythology around them, and I do want to ask about that when we're done talking mm-hmm. about the song. So, but in terms of this song, this album, where are we like coming into your like the chronology of this list at this point? Yes. So we fast forwarded quite a bit into like 2016. Um, oh, wow. So okay. I listened, yeah. I had listened to Deja on Tendu. Um, and tendu however you say it like religiously um their their other album and then they came out with the devil and god are raging inside me and yes. i just like i had that album like i still have it sitting in my giant book of cds um <laughs> that i refuse to get rid of i but... love a giant i i mean i'm one of the few people i still buy cds i still have like a shelf of cds in the living room i'm one of the few people who still like okay regularly uses cds but it's like i love a book of cds like flipping through somebody's old big old binder you learn so much about somebody yeah yeah it is wild um i i mean so you have all yours in a a big old binder still yeah and it's sitting in my car because it's the only place i have a cd player (laughs) and my husband's like it is 2023 But I'm like, you know what? Once in a while, somebody gets in my car and it's so fun because like people will pick out an album that you're like, I never would have guessed you listened to that. And then you guys can listen to it together. It's wonderful. So, um, so with with this, with this album, with with this song, where like, what's the scoop with this one? Um, so I had moved back to Florida with my former fiance um he was not my fiance at the time we were just like dating and then he i was like "Mm, i am not into this relationship anymore and then he's like cool that sounds good i'm gonna propose and i was like "Mm, okay and being 
the passive aggressive Midwesterner. I said yes because I didn't know how else to deal with it at the time. And I was like, yeah. buys me some time. Um, and then I was like, I listened, I just listened to this album so much, like in my headphones, because I'm like, I need to rip this band-aid off. Um and then I did, and everything turned out fine. He was not particularly psyched. Um, but this album was just like what got me through that time. And then yeah. I remember, like, I had a wonderful friend who she's like, she goes, when you have that conversation, just know that, like, you have a place in my home. You can come stay with me for as long as you need to. Um, and I did take her up on that, and she was great. She, I still talk to her often, but um, she listened to these guys as well. And we drove down from, like, we lived in, like, the Jupiter area, West Palm beach and we drove oh, okay. down to okay. miami to go see these guys in modest mouse in concert oh wow that's such an yeah. odd pairing i forgot about that it was tour very strange hearing about yeah. that yeah um and like i mean modest mouse was good too but there was just like this when they performed like particularly this song is just like my heart just like was poured out right there and it was probably like the most emotional i've been at a concert um, and then I was like, new, new era, new me or whatever. And the next day or I took the next day, I took like a 6am flight from Florida up to New York city and visited some other friends. And I went to warp tour there. Um, so like literally like quick turnaround, um, was not probably what I should have been doing in my life at that point. Like I probably should have been like getting my ducks in a row now that I had to like find a new permanent place to live, but it all worked out. Um, and so like I saw, it was like the last real warp tour. Um, and I just remember like I was being, I was very tired, but it was probably still to this day, like one of the best weekends that I ever had. The one thing we get before we get into the next song, I wanted to ask with brand new, how do you still listen to them now? Okay. I mean, they're so done. And they're I mean, done. they're done in a, in, I mean, there is some complications to that. 
And so because my understanding was that there were some allegations towards yes. Jesse Lacey. Yes. Um, I don't really know the details of it. Okay. Um, okay. I don't think know how much it really matters, but it does leave kind of a poor taste in my mouth. But also, yeah. like, I feel like I have so much like of my own emotion tied up in the songs that like I can still listen to it. It's okay. just like there's that asterisk in my mind. Yeah, yeah. I just like I I remember there's that like even before that all kind of like like the end of the band, the last album, the mm-hmm. kind of like you know the allegations of him kind of like admitting that he had like been maybe kind of like a sexual predator at one point yeah. in his life. Um there was such a mythology about this band because it was like they came out and they were like very pop like it was like power pop like emo yeah. very kind of jokey at times and then they started to shift into this like a lot of this like mid period stuff is very serious and then they went very a very nice. long time of being like inactive or like not making an album but like touring occasionally and so it was like the last album like it was released. It was like released kind of as a surprise. And then yeah. it was like within days or like shortly after that, when it was kind of like they, their impending end had been like, they were like, we're only going to do this until 2018. It got cut short yeah. because it was kind of I like, I think because of that. Yeah. Because he was like outed as a predator and he had to yeah. reconcile that. And so it's just kind of like, I remember when that last album came out, I was like, oh man, this band is still active? Holy shit. Like, I just was like, I listened, I liked it, and then I was like, oh, homie has had a problem and, like, has done some things. And it's just like, yeah, I yeah, have not returned. I have not returned to them since then. It's just like, it is tough. It is tough to separate the art from the artist. It is tough to but make those kind yeah. of concessions. And so, yeah, I just was like, I saw this on here. I liked this song when I was listening to it earlier. And I was like, but how do you, like, at the end of the day, I'm kind of like, I don't know how like, much ew. I would, like, be comfortable. And so it's just like, if it's a part of your life, though, you kind of have to, like, you have to make those concessions in some way. And it's t- like, that sucks. Yeah. It's like, it's terrible when that happens. Yeah. You didn't close the door, left a crack open, I couldn't ignore the So the next half, like the second half of this, uh, a lot of these I didn't know, or at least two of these I didn't know. And one oh, of these is this, this first one here, Mr. Wives. So tell me where we are with your life in this one and like your 
entryway into this tune because I I was very surprised by this one because it has kind of like a like a yeah. like R and B lean to it and I I re- did really enjoy it. Um yeah, so I had not heard of them prior to so this was very much 2017 um 2018 okay. like they had probably like five songs on my like Spotify wrapped each year. Um so they are wonderful and I just I felt like captured very well that period of my life. So I had moved back to Minnesota. Um, I had started dating my now husband and life was just very, very good. Flesh is very, very good. Um, But these guys in particular, uh, I went, this was like the band, I feel like that turned my sister from like being just my sister into like one of my very good friends now. And so we went to this um, concert together at First Avenue and they like just put on such an incredible show and are so happy and just vibrant and I cannot recommend them enough. is like still what I listen to when you just want to be like in a good bubbly mood and that um my sister she listens to like these guys like Matt and Kim just all very very happy music and she is okay. a very happy person so yeah it's kind um, of this one was kind of like a gimme like it's kind of a boring one to include but I felt like it just described this period of my life very well
The next one, and this was a blast from the past for me, if you're ready to get into the the gang's song. I'm so ready. This is, I mean, this album, uh, when, before, when we were, before we started recording, I was talking about how I had worked in radio. This album came out when I was like doing my show. And so a lot of the tunes from the album, I would play pretty regularly because I liked it, but it was also kind of like, it had such a Minneapolis connection. Um, this is such a wild album and I, I hadn't thought about it in a really long time, but um faded high from gangs like so if we're in 2016 2017 kind of like nearing like a a very closer to now this album is from Mm -hmm. 2011 so how are we getting into this one like where what is your access point with gangs so i had very much enjoyed a lot of the minneapolis music scene since like you know 2010s um and my, but I had had not heard of gangs, which I mean, assuming other people listening aren't familiar, they're kind of a Minneapolis super group. Um, and my husband introduced me to them, and I just, I, it's wonderful, and I am so sad that they are seemingly defunct now. But um, the song is phenomenal, and just has all these different elements and so much talent in it. Um, I, have you heard there's a live version on YouTube? Have you been privy to that at all? No, I have not. I I only, I spent a lot of time with this album. I haven't looked up any of the live versions, but I do know that it was like, it was a big deal when they did like an album release show at First Ave. And yeah. um, it was called The Last Prom on Earth. And they had like balloons and like prom shit everywhere. It was like a big, yep. it was like a whole thing. Um but I yeah, this song is wild because it's like seven and a half minutes and it just like the whole kind of like aesthetic of it keeps shifting in ways that it's like kind of unexpected. Yeah. Um, it's like it's because, you know, you've got like Justin, Justin Vernon from Bonnie Bear. Yeah. You've got like that. There's just like so many people in different areas of the musical world. And I feel like they each bring something very well. Um to it and it just is it comes together so perfectly i actually wanted this song to be our wedding song a little <laughs> bit and that was just a little impractical so <laughs> that did not happen but seven and a half minutes on the dance floor and <laughs> i know <laughs> well and like everyone's I think like looking at their watch the song... like oh boy <laughs> Well, not only that, but like, I was like, the whole point of a song is so that like, you, you know, randomly hear it later on in like throughout your relationship, whether it's like at another wedding or out at dinner or whatever. And I'm like, that would never in a million years happen. So I guess we should pick something else.
I mean, do you do you revisit this album a lot, or like go to this yes. album a lot since you were introduced to it? Okay. Has it like, aged well? My... Like anecdotally speaking. Um, I guess I think so. It's one of those things where like I'll just put it on if we're like cooking in the kitchen. Like it's just like one of those albums you just throw on and don't even think about it. Okay. So yeah, I, I haven't I put really like a this whole lot of thought. Lot. Okay. Good. Um, you, I think, truly are the first person that I have mentioned that song or that group to that even had any idea what I was talking about, let alone was very familiar oh, with it. So that was exciting. Yeah, no, I was, I mean, this was like, I mean, this was like peak kind of like Justin Vernon and like his strong mm-hmm. connection to the Twin Cities music scene. And like, I mean, there's a bunch of guys from Doomtree in this. And it just was like, I had a bunch of friends at the time who were like really into anything coming out of Minneapolis, regardless of what the genre was. And so it was just like, yeah, this was inescapable wherever I turned. It was like the indie music press was covering it because of Justin Vernon's involvement. And then it was like the people that I like socialized with were like, yo, have you heard about this? And I was like, yes, yes, yes. I am very familiar with that. So <laughs> it was, it was every, it was everywhere. And it's just like, I really loved um, just the diversity in the album and just how it's like, it, it ends with like, a ballad that is like straight from the 1980s and then it opens with like a weird slinking kind of like funk adjacent like there's something creeping about the gaudy side of town like it's a great song it's just the other one i almost put it has such it's so weird because it's like it's infectious but there's something unsettling about like how the elements are just like tumbling together. And I, I can't put my finger on it exactly, but it's like there's so much happening in all of these songs. And it's just like they it, it, it all works in the end. And that's like it's still I'm, I'm glad it's still I'm. Yeah, I haven't talked about this with anybody in forever. So it's like it's I, I, when I saw this pop up on here and I was like, oh, shit, we are we are going back in time. And I'm very excited yes. about that. <laughs> Well, and um, so this is one of those albums where I'm like, I wish that they would put out something else, but also in the same breath, it's maybe it's for the best, like just let leave well enough alone. Yeah, I kind of feel like this was like a, just a moment in time for all of those people. And it was just like, we do this one thing and then that's it. And it was like, yeah. I don't think this was capable of being sustained or like meant to be sustained. Yes. Um, Agreed. And so, like that is that is okay. That it's just like of it, of the era and can hang on to it. Um, yeah.
Are you ready to do the next one? This was another yeah. one on here that I did not know anything about. The name was sending me reeling though. Tickle torture. Tell me about Yeah. <laughs> tell me about this 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 band and this song and kind of like where how we're obviously getting closer to like current day in your chronology we here. Are. But what's what is the scoop with this? So did you I you've listened to it already, right? I did yeah. listen to this. Okay, and cool. I did. I, um, I, I did like it, um, but I know nothing about this strange. band. Yeah, it, it yeah. was very. It was very strange. So this <laughs> song in particular um, reminds me of. I went for our honeymoon. We went up to like Quebec and Vermont and the whole like New England area during the fall, and it was really wonderful. And this song was like my first intro into Tickle Torture. I think it was courtesy of like some like skateboarding or snowboarding video or something. And we're like, what is this? Um, and then found out he was from Minneapolis and then COVID happened. They're like, everyone shut down. And like, I just got real deep into like all of Tickle Torture's songs. Um, oh, I didn't so, realize that this is from here. So that's like, that is news yeah. to me. And then like the more, so I was bumping those all of like, the last three years um and he i have not seen him live however my understanding is that it is very prince inspired and eclectic like i have been told that he just like will roller blade around stage in like underwear and a feather boa um (laughs) so i would like to see him in concert just for the experience But it was just, you know, a little bit of a Minneapolis connection. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I put it on here just in the hopes that if somebody else can hear this and get introduced to it, that maybe they will have that same enjoyable experience. Because I truly don't know if I've listened to anything else quite like, quite like this. Yeah. I he doesn't have like a website or anything and I'm I'm looking the there's like a little artist bio that comes up 
on First Avenue's website that says it is the sex pop soundtrack for a new generation of freaks. And I guess you know what that tracks. That sounds yep. like what I heard when I was listening to this to get ready for the show. <laughs> I was happy to see this now are you ready to do the next one the jose gonzalez yeah um so were you familiar with the song before it was on the list i so i only i have heard the original um but it was way after the fact i had really only been familiar with this cover for like a really 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 long time and i i mean i prefer this version of the yep. song, to be yep. honest, um, go, kind of going back to what we were talking about before with like a deconstructed cover of something. Um, I mean, the Knife's version is fine, but it's like, yeah, I think this is much more compelling. Um, and I yes. think Jose Gonzalez, I totally agree. I don't know if you, I tried to get into his stuff, like his originals, but it's just like, I feel like he's. I feel like he is really good at doing this, like this very thing. And so I prefer mm -hmm. kind of his sparse acoustic mumbled covers because he also does a Kylie Minogue yep. cover, which is incredible. Does he? Um, yeah. Hand on, hand on my heart. It's very okay. similar to this. Um, oh. And yeah, it's like around the same time frame. But yeah, like I think he just excels at kind of taking a song you wouldn't think would fit to this kind of just an acoustic guitar and then really making it like shoehorning it and so it it works and it's very impressive yeah so I became aware of him in like 2014 um and I do think that this cover I agree with you it's like the knife version is fine but not it doesn't really hold a candle to his cover um but I just remember so this was on this is gonna sound really lame but this was on my birth playlist <laughs>
very crunchy yeah um and like i actually completely forgot that i had one until like i don't know 15 minutes before my child was born my husband's like oh do you want this i'm like oh yeah yeah put that on and so (laughs) i was like oxytocin drunk after he was born like just like it, it literally the only thing i can describe it is like it's very much like being drunk where you're like not quite all there and I just remember mumbling, this song came on because it was on shuffle. And I just go, this song is called Heartbeats, which probably sounded very, like, everyone's like, okay, cool. But I was trying to communicate, like, oh, this song is Heartbeats. And now, like, I have a child, like, with his own heartbeat. Um, so it is now, I, I've always liked the song. But now when I hear it, it specifically reminds me of that moment. And it is very sweet. So the last one, and golly, we have completed our journey, but I have a lot of questions about how we are ending on 38 specials caught up in you, because this is unlike anything else on the list. And I assume that there's a story behind it, but I saw this on here and I was like, like an 80s classic rock, like kind mm-hmm. of ballad sign me up because like i remember like 38 special had a lot of hits when i was growing up so i yep. am like i i'm excited about this one so how how have we landed is this this is the last one so truthfully i was panicking because i couldn't pick a last song and i don't have anything particularly special about this one besides that i just became obsessed with it last summer (laughs) there's no story um it's just a really good jam and then i went down the rabbit hole on wikipedia as i do with things and did you know that the guy from 38 special is leonard skinner's brother or like one of the guys from leonard skinner's brother that actually makes a lot of sense based on like the the 
the the sound and the style um yeah I just got really into it like I heard it when I was out and about one day and I was like what is that song I really like this and then have listened to it very regularly ever since um and also I learned from the Wikipedia page is that scholarly scholarly journal Wikipedia I know I I don't care who says it's not a rel- or a good source. It's a wonderful source. Of- <laughs> oh, it's a rabbit hole. Um, my husband gets mad at me because every time we watch a movie, I'm like Wikipediaing every. Oh actor yeah, I do and- that. I do that too. I will end up like many steps away from the original thing that I looked up because I yep. have like spiraled on clicking links, and then I'm like, oh, did you know that this person did this? And it's like I'm ten pages away from like the one thing that I was trying to look up the first in the first fucking place. Exactly, um, and I've no, missed what was half your- the movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What was your other fun fact about 38 Special, though? So they, like, I'm picturing a bunch of middle-aged men because they basically were like, we, this is our last chance to make it as a band. And so they all got together, um, formed their little band, and then the name of the band came from, they were practicing at a, like, abandoned warehouse or something, and a cop came by from a noise complaint, and they're like, we can't open like the main garage door because it's padlocked shut. And I guess the cop who in my mind was like the cop cops from super bad <laughs> goes, don't worry guys. We'll let the 38 special do the talking and shot the lock off. <laughs> and that's where they came. That's where they got. I was like, from. I, I did not, I knew that I knew that a 38 special was a kind of gun. I did not know that that was the story behind the name. Um, that's a little more charming than just like a bunch of Southern white men who have named their band after a gun. I will say though, that like caught up in you sounds an awful. So have you gone back into like their like popping singles that they had? Cause this sounds an awful lot like hold on loosely, which was their other big single. And then they have this like slow jam called Second Chance, which is one of my favorite oh. songs of all time. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I'm sure I, like maybe I've heard it because I know I've put on just like shuffle through their songs. But I am I am confident that you have heard Second Chance because it was like it's it, it was inescapable when it was released, and I'm guessing that it's the kind of song that like you still will hear places. But um, that is one that you'll want to revisit for sure because, yeah, I in earnest love that song. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I love when people are closely tied to a song. I think that's why I like immediately liked this podcast because I was like, I don't know, you like hearing people's stories and how they connect to different music. It's very, very charming.
I can't thank you enough for taking so much time out of your night to talk with me and for having such a fascinating list and yeah, going through so, so many. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Of course. This was such fun and it was so great to, to talk to a fan of the show and a friend of the brand both this one Thank and you. then the show with Alyssa. Um, it's just like, so it's like, like we're just so happy that people are like responsive to what we're doing. And I never know what people think oh, of this great. podcast. So I'm just kind of like, if people fuck with it, cool. But like, it's really good to know that it's like finding listeners and folks are resonating with it. Yeah. I mean, you're speaking to like music and I what there's very few things that connect people quite the same so I'm very happy yeah. to have been on thank you again to my guest Lauren for chopping it up with me today and thank you to you the listener for checking out the show I appreciate it this has been yet another episode of the Anne Hedonic Headphones podcast I have been Kevin Krein I am a music writer and essayist living south of the Twin Cities. My music analysis and criticism, as well as some of my non-music writing, can be found on my blog, anhedonicheadphones.blogspot.com, which is in its 10th year this year. Uh, and I would encourage you to listen, like, subscribe, follow, rate, review, do all of the podcast things with both this show but also the show that I co-host with Alyssa Savino, A Reasonable Day, which uh, updates every other Monday, uh, and it is available wherever fine podcasts are sold. And you may follow me, if you are so inclined, on Twitter for my cries for help, and on Instagram for photos of my dog, where I am at Kebby Fly in both places. Until next time, thank you for listening, and I'll see you later.